Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Vandy Sports Podcast. Here's your host, Chris Lee. Commodore fans, on your feet, it's time to anchor down. Welcome to the Vandy Sports Podcast presented by Dr. Jody Jones, DDS. We are part of the 440 Sports Network. I'm your host, Chris Lee. Before we get to our guest today, a special request. We are running a sale on memberships at VandySports.com. Valid for just a couple more days. Go to VandySports.com. You can get a year's worth of membership for just $21. I've done this 19 years. That is hands down the lowest we have ever offered membership for. So please do us a favor that helps us out. Get your membership to VandySports.com. Get all kinds of content you don't get here. Now, with that said, let's get on to our interview with our guest today, Kevin Ingram. Kevin Ingram joins us. Kevin, of course, one of the play-by-play voices for Vanderbilt. Kevin, thanks for joining us. Hope you had a happy Thanksgiving. I did, Chris. I had a very happy Thanksgiving. I ate way too much, as I'm sure a lot of people did, and still have some leftovers in the fridge. But uh, yeah, it was it was a good one. Uh, good to see a family, and uh, it's kind of been a busy time, so I uh, squeezed in Thanksgiving between a whole bunch of games. Yeah, well, basketball now off to a 5-1 and one start. I know the tougher part of the schedule is coming, but what's your impression of things through six games? Uh, it's It's been interesting to watch this team grow even over the span of six games. I thought the win at Pittsburgh was a really nice one, 68-52 uh, to 52, uh, last Wednesday night. Uh, got rolling in the second half after a first half that didn't really go as well as I'm sure they would have hoped offensively. I guess my biggest impression of this team is a lot of it offensively comes down to it being basically a make-or-miss game. You Can you make three-pointers? Uh, can you score some transition points? Uh, they run good stuff, but you got to knock down the shots. So we've seen that kind of come and go a bit. The one thing that's really been consistent is good defense. This team's played really well on the defensive end uh, throughout the first six games. So I think Jerry Stackhouse is pleased with the way that part of the game is progressing. And they throw a lot of different looks at people, whether it's playing man-to-man or it's playing some zones, some 1-3-1 with traps, you know, whatever the case might be. I feel like this team's doing a good job on that end of the court. Yeah, I don't know how much stock to put in the numbers until they play better teams, but they're also missing their top two defenders in Rodney Chapman and Liam Robbins. And I'm looking up today, they're 56 in Ken Palm and defense, which is the best they've been in years all we can go by is what's in front of us. And I think that has been the big surprise is how much apparently, according to the stats, they have gotten better just early in the year. Yeah, I think so. And uh, it seems like to be, seems to be a good mix of players that they're using too. And they try lots of different combinations uh, defensively. Yeah. Missing those guys, Rodney Chapman and Liam Robbins. Uh, hopefully those guys will be back sooner rather than later. I get the feeling Rodney may be back uh, sooner than, than Liam, but uh, they're the ones they put out there have done a good job. And, and you're right. When you see teams with a little more uh, firepower on offense, maybe it's a different story. Uh, but, yeah, holding teams uh, under 60 points so far on the season and, and really doing a good job defending game in and game out, forcing those turnovers. Uh, I've had, uh, I, I believe, at least 13 in all six games so far that they forced and uh, in, in large part turning those into points. I've seen that the last couple games especially. So hopefully uh, uh, for Jerry Stackhouse's group that will continue. Uh, with this five and one start and some tougher competition coming up, to be frank. Uh, you know, you look ahead, you got SMU coming up on Saturday, two tough games coming up next week. Uh, we'll see Loyola in here. We'll see Temple and then Austin P and then a trip out to the island. So, uh, yeah, we've got some got some stronger competition coming up as we move through December and then get into SEC play. We know what that's going to be like uh, starting with Arkansas in early January. I'm going to ask you Jerry Stackhouse's least favorite question. When do you think they get those guys back? 
That's uh, almost impossible for me to say. You know, I, like I say, I get the feeling Chapman might be back uh, really fairly soon. Uh, I, when when the injury happened, and it happened in one of their scrimmages uh, before the season started, it was thought to be maybe a you know a month to six week type injury, I believe. And uh, it, it seems like we're starting to get into that uh, window where we might see him come back pretty soon. Really hope so. Uh, I've been looking forward to seeing him uh, be be part of the mix here and. You get the feeling he would have been a starter had he been healthy when the season started, the uh, transfer from Dayton. Liam Robbins, you see him in the boot, and you see him you know, doing a, a few things around, You know, to, I'm sure just to try to stay in shape, but it's not like being in basketball shape and playing games. So I, I don't know from uh, for Liam uh, what the timetable might be. i uh, love to see those guys back, because Liam could really be a difference maker for this team inside. Talk about a guy who could be a rim protector or a guy who gets you a bucket uh, down low on the offensive end. He could, he could make a big difference. Yeah, with Chapman, I believe the original timeline was four to six weeks, and we are coming up, I think, on about four right now. So if that timeline was correct, you know, you'd think we'd be close. So I, I guess we're both shooting in the dark here, though. Yeah, that, that's true. And uh, I, one thing you've learned with uh, Coach Stackhouse is he's, he's very cautious as far as bringing guys back from injury. Uh, if it feels like it's time for them to be back, he'll give them a, a little bit more time to to make sure they're good to go. Uh, we, we've seen that, and I, I think that's probably the approach with these two guys. No, I, I think he's right. I think you see that happen in sports all the time. A guy gets brought back with an injury, and it just nags him all year. Uh, yeah, yeah. you don't want to try to bring him back too fast and then make it a longer-term thing than it needed to be. You can be a little cautious and uh, and make sure they're they're good to go before they come back, and, and you'll have them for the longer term. Okay, uh, for those of us who were not able to go to the game the other night, I was bowling with the director. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Miles Studi put on a little bit of a show. What did you see from him against Mississippi Valley State? Well, first of all, I was supposed to be bowling with the old director, but uh, when he, he asked me to be part of the bowling event, uh, they had not released the basketball schedule yet. I agreed to do it. I was going to be part of the uh, 8 o'clock group over at the uh, bowling lanes, but then when the schedule came out, I realized about two weeks out that uh, – I'm going to have a game that night. I don't think I can get from the uh, gym over to the bowling alley fast enough to be part of it. It looked like a great time, man. There were some, there were a lot of uh, big names there, uh, yourself included. I was very impressed with the uh, the roster of people that the, the director assembled. Uh, George Plaster were talking about for his uh, for his charity bowling night. They looked like a lot of fun. Uh, meanwhile, over at Memorial Gym, Miles Studi got hot from three. He hit two of them in the first half, but then coming out of the gates to start the second half. He had four three-pointers that was part of a 21-to-1 run, and Vanderbilt really put the game away right there against Mississippi Valley State. It was 26-to-17 at halftime, and the next thing you know, the game's totally out of reach. Studi, he got hot, and we, we've seen it in the past. He knocked down some threes. He's a good shooter. Uh, came in 9 of 24 and added six more to that total, I believe, on eight attempts on the night. There are a couple of heat-check threes that he took. We were teasing him uh, about it after the game, but uh, it was nice to see the uh, sophomore from D.C. have that kind of performance. He became the fourth different Commodore to score at least 20 points this season, uh, joining three of his fellow starters in Tyron Lawrence and Scotty Pippen and Jordan Wright all in the lineup. So that makes me feel like it's Quint Melora Brown's turn. But uh, one thing we've seen over the time that Coach Stackhouse has been here, when a guy gets hot, he gets him the basketball. And that's the case with Studi. In that game, we saw it the game before with Trey Thomas in the game at Pittsburgh. When he started to see those threes go in, man, he started to get the basketball and was started knocking them down and, uh, I like that, that you recognize who's got the hot hand and keep feeding them until they show that they're not going to make anymore. Yeah, the pit game was the one before that. I thought they really closed well in that one. That was anybody's ball game until about eight mm -hmm. minutes left, and they slammed the door on that pretty quickly. 
They did. That game went from a close game. And like you're saying, there was that little flurry in the second half. I believe it was a 17 to two run where Vanderbilt just got red hot. And Thomas made some big shots, including that one. It was right in front of us on the left wing. He was sliding to his left on the move. The, the pass was a little bit off target, but he caught it and got the shot away and drilled it and kind of brought the house down over there on the bench. That was cool. But uh, yeah, that that game, I, I thought Vanderbilt really showed showed the ability to slam the door and look I don't I know Pittsburgh's not picked to be an upper tier team in the ACC but you go on the road get a road win against an ACC team I don't care who it is it's a big win and uh, everybody was pretty excited to get that one uh, in the Steel City is it time to be a little concerned with the offense I know Scotty Pippen Jr. has not had the season he's had in the past Uh, they scored 75 against Mississippi Valley State which is not a good offensive team struggled at times didn't light it up against Pitt again got a lot of that done on defense you know I'm I'm looking they have not broken the 80 point barrier except for the opener against Alabama State Um, you know and again the competition hasn't been great I think that's been the surprise to me we talked about the defense but I don't know what the offense if this is one of these things that they're just due to pick it up or this is something that people should be concerned about um, it depends on when you ask me. Uh, sometimes it, it, in, in one stretch between timeouts, I will say the offense is a big concern, and that's usually when the shots aren't going in. I'll have a little bit of a drought. And you, you've seen it in, in some of the – it seems like every game there's been a little bit of a drought here or there. But then there are times when the offense gets clicking, and so much of it's about making shots. You know, if, if the threes are going in, then it, the offense looks great. I, I think everybody uh, probably looks at it that way. Uh, they've been able to get some pretty decent production out of Quint Melora-Brown. Uh, wonder what he'll do when he faces more skilled big guys inside. But I really like the way he's played. He's done a good job of scoring when he needs to score, passing when they need him to pass, make a kick out or make a good delivery to somebody for a bucket. Um, you know, brought in guys off the bench. Uh, Jermaine Mann is kind of a big body you can install. He had that double-double the first time out for Vanderbilt, the uh, transfer from Gardner-Webb. Taron Frank is shown to be a pretty versatile guy. He can step out and make a shot for you, or he, he can play in the, in the paint too. So, uh, I, I think it, it just is come and gone and, and fits and starts in terms of the offensive production. You get the feeling, though, at some point it'll sort of level off, and we'll, we'll see the threes go in on a little more consistent basis. This is a team that, that shot it pretty well from three last year. Trey Thomas shot almost 40% as a freshman last season. Uh, he had that big game at Pittsburgh. Before that, he was one for 15 from behind the arc. So uh, yeah, hopefully it'll, it'll even out, and we'll see a little more consistency out of the offense. I always think they, they run good stuff, just don't always make the shots. Okay, let's throw the two injured guys out of this for a second. I'm looking at the box score the other night, and they play, what is it, 10, 11 guys between mm-hmm. 12 and 25 minutes. Now, you know Scottie Pippen Jr. is going to lead the team in minutes, barring injury. You would suspect that Jordan Wright is second. You know, just again, throwing those other two guys out that are hurt, who are three, four, and five at this point? Or is it just too hard to tell? Uh, yeah, I, I think Tyron Lawrence is certainly in that mix. And, and don't neglect to mention Jordan Wright. He, he really looks good. He, he's reshaped his body in the offseason. And you can tell the work that he's put in is paying off for him. He's, he's been a really consistent performer so far. He only had five points in that game against MVSU, but they really only needed him to have five points in that game. Scored those in the first half. Scotty Pippen Jr. is getting so much attention. I mean, you're seeing teams just throw the kitchen sink at him. Uh, He's getting doubled off the ball screen a lot at the top and uh, even just gets it across midcourt. Here comes the the double team to try to get the ball out of his hand. So I I think until others really show that they can be super effective, you're going to see Scottie Pippen get a ton of attention. 
Um, but I, I think Tyron Lawrence can be one of those guys. He, he looks like he's really taken a step forward. Uh, had that big game uh, a couple games ago uh, with Winthrop. Uh, he scored 20 in that game. And, you know, a lefty, he can get to the rim. He can, he can finish with a right, too. But uh, I, I just feel like he's a guy who's going to take a big step this season. He hurt his knee and missed most of last year. Uh, missed pretty much all of conference play. So I feel like he's going to be one of those people uh, that you're going to see really uh, be a big factor here for Vanderbilt. At least you, you hope he will be. Um, I, I think there's still some things to be sorted out. You know, you got a couple talented freshmen. Shane Dezoni's been getting some minutes. Uh, we've seen Gabe Dorsey play sparingly. He's played in every game, but not tons of minutes always. I feel like that's a, a talented guy, and you, know, you, you got a, a couple more transfers that have come in. And I, I think they're going to, you know, you'll, you'll see a variety of people, but I, I think all that's still sort of being sorted out as we play this early stretch of the season. This season of the Vandy Sports Podcast is made possible by my friend, Dr. Jody Jones, DDS. When it comes to general or cosmetic dentistry services, Jody is the best in Nashville. And just check out his client list. It testifies to that. He sees movie stars, music stars, athletes, coaches, you name it. Jody is the dentist of choice for stars in Nashville. But he sees regular folks like you and I as well. And what people like about the experience is the ambiance. Someone described it to me as a tooth spa. I went in and looked at it myself. That's exactly what it is. It is a relaxing, friendly environment. So whether your dental needs are general or cosmetic, go see Jody. Call him at 615-270-2322. His office is located at 55 Music Square East, not far from downtown Nashville, not far from the Vanderbilt campus. Jody is a former Vanderbilt football player, a huge booster of Commodore Athletics. His support as the title sponsor for Season 7 is the reason we are able to do this podcast. Go see Dr. Jody Jones today. Thank him for his support of the Vandy Sports Podcast and tell him you heard about it here. You are a basketball junkie, I know. You watch a lot of other basketball, and I'm sure you've watched a ton of the SEC. I know you do a podcast with Chris Dorch where you talk about things. I've not gotten to watch as much the last week, but I've, I've seen a decent amount of a decent number of teams in this league. I think this league, I mean, who knows? It's November and stuff could change. It uh-huh. is as good top to bottom as I remember in a long, long, long time. Yeah, Chris, you have a lot of good teams. I, I you, to me, it feels like this year it starts with Arkansas and Alabama, and they were the two best teams in the league last year, and, and Tennessee right there with them. Uh, Tennessee's an interesting team this year in that they, man, they are cranking up a, a million threes. Arkansas, man, they're they're gonna they're gonna throw a lot at you, play really fast. Alabama, we know what they're about. It's either a layup or a three pointer, uh, and Nados has done a great job there. But Auburn is good too. Uh, you know, I mentioned those other three teams there at the top. I think Kentucky's going to be quite a bit better than they were last year. Uh, they, man, they've reshaped their roster a lot. You talk about a team that's brought in some transfers. They they look completely different than they did uh, a season ago. But you're right, Chris. Top to bottom, it's a really tough league. Like even the teams that aren't supposed to be good teams are going to be a, a tough assignment to go. You know, either play them in your place or go on the road and play them. And, I think it's good. You talk about trying to finish upper division in this league. I think if you could finish 500 or better, you could probably say that's a good accomplishment uh, in this season. Oh, no doubt. If you finish 500 or better in this league, barring something crazy, you're going to be in the tournament. Here, here is how Ken Palm has got it today, one through seven. This is national rankings. Florida 10, Kentucky 13, Tennessee 14, Alabama 16, LSU 18, Auburn 19 and Arkansas 24. I mean, that's right there. That's 
what, seven teams that could yeah. legitimately compete for the league title. I mean, Arkansas, I think, is number 10 in the AP poll right now and, and unbeaten. Uh, and then you got the next year where Mississippi State is kind of leading the pack. They're 40, A&M 63, Vandy 64, Ole Miss 67. It's like you've got two really interesting tiers there, maybe three. State's kind of yeah. caught in the middle. But it, it's going to be – this is going to be one of those things where, like, you lose a couple of one-point games and you can get buried quickly in this league. Yeah, no doubt about it. And you mentioned LSU. Uh, uh, that, that's another team that is, I, I would say is a pretty good bet to be in the NCAA tournament uh, when March rolls around. But, yeah, it, I, I think your breakdown of the tiers is, is, is good uh, in terms of where we are right now, but you never know how that might change. You know, we get it into conference play and you, you talk about those, those close games going one way or another. Uh, I, I thought Mississippi State had a pretty nice team last year. They didn't always show. And uh, Ole Miss, uh, to me, it's kind of hard to – I know they, they're a little different looking in terms of personnel from, from last season. So uh, we'll see what the, the two Mississippi teams are about. But, yeah, man, you, those are some uh, tough teams. And uh, I'm sure those rankings will shift around as uh, certainly as, as SEC play gets rolling in early January. Well, I think the next week is going to be big for Vanderbilt because a road trip to SMU, Ken Palm's got that almost as a toss-up game, followed by Temple at home. Uh, then actually Loyola Chicago next week, which will really be telling. But I think these mm -hmm. next two games, if they can pick up two wins there, you've got to be feeling really good about what they have done with who they've lost. Yeah, I don't think there's any question about it. You win these next two and you go into the Loyola game, say 7-1, and one, boy, I think you'd be uh, pretty happy with that. And uh, there's going to be some tough competition in that tournament out in Hawaii too, which is coming up uh, in only a couple of weeks. But uh, yeah, it's it's a it's an interesting little stretch of schedule here, where I think uh, you got a chance to really uh, make yourself look, you know, like a, a super solid team going into SEC play, which all of a sudden is only a month away. Uh, but yeah, first things first, play SMU on the road this weekend. That's you know a team that's off to a pretty good start too. I think they have a game against UNLV on Wednesday night before we go there on, on Saturday. So looking forward to. I, I've not uh, been to SMU, so that'll be a new one for me. I'm gonna get you a question from the mailbag and get you out of here, Kevin. Okay. Today's mailbag is sponsored by Sutherland and Belk, a family-owned injury law firm. If you or a loved one has been hurt in an accident, give Taylor or Russell a call. That number six one five. 846-6200, see what your rights are and if they can help. H.D. Young the third says, is it possible to get a feel for which programs overall will be helped by the portal and which ones will be hurt by it? Talking about for football, right? Uh, I, I guess he means any sport because he says which programs. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, I think, I think for, for football, it seems like it's going to be the wild, wild west. You know, you, you see the names out there already with the, this, the regular season, the bulk of it ending last Saturday. Uh, you got conference championship games this weekend, Army-Navy game, but always a, a traditional one right after the end of the regular season, mostly for everybody else. But, yeah, I'm sure that uh, Porta will continue to fill, and you'll see people go all over the place. Uh, to me, it's impossible to say which programs might be uh, helped the most by that because – and I'll speak from a basketball standpoint in doing prep on these games. It's remarkable to me how many transfers each program has. And it's not just, you know, teams that you might expect to have a bunch of maybe, a, you know, say a mid-major program and you can take your pick a league or whatever. But, you know, they're, they're always going to have some transition in terms of the roster, players coming in, players going out, transfers up, transfers down. But, I mean, you're seeing power programs that have – 
players that played for other teams in their power league that are now starting that played, you know, I'm thinking about like severe Wheeler. He played for Georgia last season. And that, I mean, he's starting for Kentucky now. That's just crazy to me that, that, that this stuff is uh, going on where you had the, you know, the, the free transfer uh, rule that they went into place here. Uh, but yeah, I, it's remarkable to me to see how many transfers and people have just changed from one program to another and gone right into playing for somebody else or, you know, players that are even on their like third or fourth stop or some of them that have uh, left one place, went like one or two other places, and then returned to where they started to begin with. I saw a player like that the other day. It's just crazy. Yeah. You beat me to it. I was actually looking stuff up. Um, Peyton Daniels, I think is my favorite one. Cause he's been where Vanderbilt. Um, and he's, he's been to Minnesota and then back to Minnesota. I can't remember where he stopped in between. Uh, but, but that's just the, the quintessential example. He's, he's been like three different places and he's been one place twice. Yeah. I've, I've seen a couple players uh, who have done similar things. So yeah, it'll for, for basketball, for football, whatever you're talking about, like I say, it's sort of the wild, wild West in terms of uh, transfers and the portal. Can you imagine if you were a sports fan two years ago and you went to some kind of coma and you woke up today and saw the landscape of how much <laughs> things have changed with transfer portal, with name, image, and likeness, with the season getting wiped out? Like, How long would it yeah. take you just to process everything that has happened in the last two years? you got coaches getting almost $100 million contracts in college now. I mean, it is crazy to me how quickly things have just turned upside down. I don't mean for the bad necessarily, but it is just so different than what you and I, I mean, I, I think it's changed <laughs> more in the last two years than it might've changed almost the rest of our lifetimes combined. Yeah. It kind of feels that way. Doesn't it, Chris? Yeah. If you, if you woke up and you'd been asleep for a couple of years, I don't know that you would believe a lot of the stuff that has happened. Uh, yeah. Whether it is players changing addresses or a season getting lost or NCAA tournament, not happening, uh, all these games that happened without fans last year, that was just weird. Uh, it, it's funny to even see like video from last year where you see cardboard cutouts in the stands or, or empty arenas and things like that. I'm so thankful that we're able to get back to at least something resembling normal, and hopefully it'll stay that way. But yeah, a lot has changed. I didn't think I could be shocked by very much after watching all this stuff for a long time, but I got to say, Chip Kelly from Notre Dame to LSU in a spot where Notre Dame has a chance to go to the playoff, to me, it's just absolutely insane. And uh, just the way all that went down. It happened while we were on the air doing the basketball game on Monday night. And that was after Lincoln Riley bolted Oklahoma to go to USC. So, yeah, it's it's a you, you think you've seen it all and that you can't be surprised by much. And then some more stuff comes along that happens. Yeah, if I never see another cardboard cut out in the stands, uh, that'll be fine with me. Um, exactly. And by the totally. way, I think I'm, I don't know if I said Peyton Daniels. I meant Peyton Willis earlier. Um, I, I yeah, know. I, I knew who you meant. Uh -huh. I, I, I yeah. think sometimes the <laughs> the mind says one thing and, and the other part's thinking another thing. But if I confuse yeah. you there, I, my I saw, apologies. No, it's, it's all good. I, uh, I saw Peyton Willis playing for Minnesota. In fact, I think they were playing against Western Kentucky a few weeks ago, and I was watching uh, – a game, and I was like, that is, that is Peyton Willis. That's a dude that, that played at Vanderbilt and has uh, like been to Minnesota twice, as you said. And like that's just, I, I would have thought he would have uh, expired his eligibility by now because he was here about like five years ago. Uh, it seems that way anyway. But yeah, he's made some stops, and he's not the only one. Yeah, I'd forgotten he actually played two years here. He played 16, 17, then 17, 18. Then he sat out a year. Um, and then he transferred to Minnesota, played a year in 1920, 
played last season at, at uh, what College of Charleston, I think, and then now back at like he he's a player for the ages because he is he is redshirt of the year now where you don't have to do that, and he got a benefit of the COVID year, and he's been uh, to three schools, including again one twice. So he's the poster child for something. Yeah, he, he should get some sort of award for that for the. Uh the Rand McNally award or something like that right. for all, all the travels that he's gone through. <laughs> Dick Vitale used to have a, a word for that or a team, or I, I think I'm sure. And I've, I've forgotten now, but anyway, <laughs> yeah, I can't remember. I think you're right. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Hey Kevin, thank you for joining us today. Anything that you guys want to promote uh, at Vanderbilt uh, before you go? Uh, we'll have a new edition of the anchor podcast coming out this week. Uh, Trey Thomas will be part of that. I did an interview with him. We're going to run it on Monday night. We kind of ran out of time, but we'll plug that in for the uh, podcast this week and also basketball coming up on Saturday. It'll be a four 30 pregame central time, five o'clock tip on Vanderbilt at SMU. Hey, Kevin, thanks for joining us. We'll catch you again in a couple of weeks. Anytime, Chris. Thanks, man. Thank you for listening to today's episode. We thank our presenting sponsor, Jody Jones DDS. We thank our other sponsors, Sutherland and Belk and MyPerfectFranchise.net. If you're interested in sponsoring this podcast, and that's how we make this work, please email me at chrislee70 at gmail.com. We also ask that you subscribe to our website, VandySports.com. That is $99 a year. You get things there that you don't get here. And, of course, please rate, review, and subscribe where you see our podcast. That helps us get noticed. Be sure to follow us on Twitter at VandySports.com. Follow me at ChrisLee70. And finally, subscribe to our Vandy Sports YouTube channel as well. Thank you for listening to the Vandy Sports Podcast, which is part of the 440 Network. I'm your host, Chris Lee. We'll catch you with another episode coming very soon.